four and three. Going gives to Kyron Williams. Reverses field. Eludes Fox. On the run, Williams. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Play of the year for the Irish. Right, welcome in, welcome back to a Kyron Williams stiff arm that man do an early grave on a Halloween Eve edition of the Always Irish Show. As always, you can find the program on YouTube. Do hit subscribe if you haven't yet, I'd appreciate that. Give the video a thumbs up if you approve of its content upon its completion, I'd appreciate that as well. All helps in the YouTube algorithm, okay? Twitter, search bar, Always Irish, or at JKZND4. Emails always Irish ND at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want me, you could get me. And this is the week we're gonna get back to it. You wanna talk that ND ball? You give always Irish a call. 312-900-8815. More information on which day that call-in show is gonna be is forthcoming. So stay tuned. So Happy Halloween. Everything's kind of creepy the way that Notre Dame game went. I, I don't. Sometimes I swear to God, this program exists just to cause us stress and worry. It's unbelievable the stress we have in, in even in our wins, not even just the loss. Everything's stressful. Nothing's easy. But. Our beloved moved to 7-1 Saturday night with an interesting 44-34 win over pesky Sam Howell, who's still running in circles, and nobody's bothering to touch him two days later. And the rest of the pesky North Carolina squad. Here's the other thing, you guys. Notre Dame also moved back into the top 10 because what's happened is essentially all of the voters, they ran out of teams to keep in front of Notre Dame and bump Notre Dame out of the top 10. It's amazing to me. I always talk to you guys about perception, uh, playoff committee capital, what you've done before mattering when it shouldn't later and getting the benefit of the doubt if you've won a lot and if you didn't, you don't. What's happened in Notre Dame is a perfect example. They lost a close game to the number two team. They've been out of sight, out of mind in the polls, out of the top 10. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about them nationally. Other teams lose and they just drop a spot or two and it doesn't seem to matter. This is the danger with Notre Dame. People just wait for us to get that one loss and write you off for the year. Well, enough teams they had in front of us have blown it and lost that Notre Dame is now back into the top 10. Not only just barely back, up to number eight. Okay, so 
I always like seeing us in the single digits in the rankings. That's a good sign. You get up in there, keep winning, go 11-1, see what happens. It's the best you could do. It's the best you could do. Okay. Also, notable and important, if you're somebody petty like me, Notre Dame is now ranked ahead of the Michigan Wolverines. Thank you very much, Mike Valeni and Sparty, for making my weekend complete. What a great way to enter the Notre Dame night game, watching Michigan crap the bed, blow a big lead, lose to a rival yet again. Nothing fulfills my heart, aside from Notre Dame winning something that matters more than Michigan being Michigan. It's pure Michigan. I love it. So thank you to Michigan State for taking care of that. Okay. So while keeping an eye on the rankings and results, the more Cincinnati keeps winning while playing nobody the rest of the year, and by nobody, I mean nobody, the matter I'm getting that we lost this game. It's, it was the perfect chance to sneak in a playoff in a year you weren't expecting it with so many traditional playoff powers losing early in the year, it opened that door. The bottom line is, guys, we played one decent team all year at home, shot ourselves in the foot, and lost. It's a damn shame. And the more we keep winning and the more Cincinnati keeps winning, the more mad I am about it that, that we allowed it to happen. Okay? They play Nobody else of note at all. Quite frankly, neither do we. We needed that game, and we handed it over to Cincinnati at home, let their quarterback clown us, and now we sit back and watch what should what's going to happen with what should have been our playoff spot. So the longer both teams keep winning, the more pissed off I am that we allowed that to happen. And you know what else? A lot of you are guilty of this. You won't admit it, but you know you are. If this was a year where Notre Dame didn't play Cincinnati and Cincinnati was undefeated and ranked this high, most people would be saying, oh, if we played them, we'd put them in line and we'd knock them out of contention with their week schedule and all that. Well, guess what? Had our chance, blew it. And the more we both win, the more upset I am about it. Now, I had to get that out. That frustration aside, what's done is done. What's failed has failed. Now, the best and most realistic thing we could do is go 11-1. It's all you could do after a rough loss is win all your other games. Looking at who we play, even with our frustrations and inconsistencies and ups and downs and all that, there's no reason at all that Notre Dame shouldn't go 12-0 and and now 11-1. and Okay, this was the year to make moves with the weaker schedule. It's unfortunate the dynamic is what it is with that one loss and to who it is with a free playoff spot to play with, and it looks like it's going to Cincinnati. I'll never, ever accept that as being okay. I just won't. Okay, so... But as long as we keep winning, 11-1's the best you could do. Great job. I'm going to critique things that need to be questioned and talked about. 
But I'm not going to scream about it because you're doing your job. I always say it's so much easier to talk about what needs to get better after a win, no matter what it looks like, than a loss. Okay? So, at the same time, understanding that the win is the biggest, most important thing, getting back into the top 10 is a big deal. Great job. Found a way to do it. Skill, quarterback, and all that. We found a way to win. Fine. Fine. But at the same time, there are certain standards that have to be met even in wins. It is fair to look at how we did with a critical eye to our standard outcome of the game. Irrelevant. This game was like many others. Frustrating, but a win. Guys, this is just who the Notre Dame team is this year. Decent talent, really good talent in a lot of areas. But it's unreliable as hell. You just never know what you're going to get. And you need blood pressure medication every time you turn the damn TV on this year. Okay? This game in particular struck me as being a bit odd in one major way. Follow me here. Do I dare say or suggest that this Notre Dame win took place largely because the Notre Dame offense bailed out the Notre Dame defense and won the game, put up over 40? Is this a trick-or-treat trick or what? What the hell is going on? Let's break it all down. All right, so... As we get into this ball game, first things first, I'm sick and tired of piss poor officiating in every Notre Dame game. We get held 20 times a game and it is never called. Here's the deal. If we've just decided holding's not a thing and we're going to let them play, make it known. But don't act like it's a rule and never call it when it's blatant. I'm sick of it. And there's no accountability for bad refereeing whatsoever. They make their checks and they leave. I'm sick of this. North Carolina was gifted at least 10 free points, if not more, by blatant calls on big plays that were missed. I'm sick of this garbage. The refereeing's getting worse the further we go along and every year and every season, maybe it's just that we have better replay angles so we see everything. I don't know, but it's bad. I hate it, and I'm sick of this garbage, okay? Now, let's start this game by talking about some good. Kyron Williams is great at football. Play of the year. You saw it in the intro of the show. It's just a damn shame due to the offensive line and the offensive structure. He can't have Heisman-type numbers this year because the blocking hasn't been there and he has to fight for every inch he's gotten most of the year. That is a travesty that should not happen to a university that claims offensive line is their greatest attribute. So they're doing that kid a disservice by not blocking for him enough that he could get in the Heisman discussion. And that pisses me off. He deserves better. Okay? But he's a beast. Beautiful run. Absolute thing of beauty. And I've been asked. I've been asked. 
Everybody knows how much I love that Dexter Williams run against Virginia Tech a few years ago. And I've been asked, which one is the better run? Seems like an obvious answer, but it's not because everything I do has all my mental processes have to do with context. So here's how I'm going to break this down. I have two answers to that question. Number one is Dexter's run was with a team that was still undefeated and in a title hunt by definition. By default, that run means more. Because the team was in the mix to win more. I know that's not fair to Kyron, but that's the way it goes. It's a team game. If you do all sorts of great, crazy stuff and your team has four losses, who cares? You're not doing anything with that great performance. So, which one means more? Well, on the road, undefeated, needing to win to stay in the title and playoff conversation means more. So I give that edge to Dexter Williams. However, in terms of the actual run and the difficulty of the run, there's no doubt it's Kyron's. Dexter's was one cut and he was gone. Kyron's was a magnificent ballet with a mixture of stiff arms and vision. A way more intricate run and a tougher individual play and effort for sure. So that's how I look at the two. Okay. So Kyron was electric. The run game is getting better. 293 yards, seven average a clip. Now, yeah, when you have one that's 91 yards, it's going to skew the numbers up. I get it. I don't care. Beggars can't be choosers. I will take what I can get. In the first half of the year, it'd take six games for us to get 293 yards. Kidding me? So, I know we're not playing great defenses right now, but progress is progress. The last two weeks after the bye, and I'll take it compared to what we got the first half. Okay? Now, visually, as an amateur idiot watching the game, Here's what I'm noticing. The offensive line hasn't been jumping out off the TV as a huge weakness holding us down every single drive like it was earlier in the year. That's a huge improvement. A low bar that I'm mad I have to judge against. But it's an improvement. And I like to see it. It's trending the right way. That's good. Gave, you know, 293 yards rushing, only gave up one sack, a few tackles for loss. I can live with that. That's improvement. Is it doing justice to O-line you? Absolutely not. But it is a significant improvement to what we got earlier, and I got to take it. Beggars can't be choosers, okay? Now, what I'm excited for is to get whatever this iteration of the offensive line has done Get Kane Madden out. Get Fisher back. Get these younger guys in there. And, and let's get a real group we're going to grow with for two, three, four years. So that's what I'm looking forward to. The hourglass running out on whatever hodgepodge this offensive line unit is this year. Okay? But for now, improvement's improvement. 
It isn't where I want it because nothing ever is unless we win a championship. Low bar, but improvement. The arrow's pointing up. They're not jumping out to me the way they were as holding us back. Good job. Okay. Kyron, almost 200 yards. He fell one short of that. 91-yard home run. Here's the other thing. There's skill behind him. Logan Diggs, 11 for 42. The future looks bright at running back for Notre Dame. You got Diggs. He's already getting reps. And don't forget that 47-year-old pile of muscle named Estime will be coming soon as well. Future looks bright at that position to me. I like what I see. Receiving, spread it around pretty good. Here's the deal. Isn't it amazing how much better and more efficient and with more rhythm this offense looks when they're also able to run the ball at all? It just makes anything we want to do with the cone passing game work a little better, loosen things up. So just a semblance of a running game and decent blocking up front opens up a lot of things, and we've seen that the last two games. That's an improvement. Styles three, Davis five, Mayer four, Austin three, Lindsey one, but hurt. Here's the thing. Lindsey's hurt. Guess what? Styles has earned more snaps anyways. He's earned them. Let him play. Very simple, straightforward, right? Overall, 230 yards receiving, a 13-yard average, two touchdowns. The offense ended up making the plays they needed to win this game with a blend of veterans and young guys contributing. It is not a pure reload and rebuild. It is both interwoven. And outside of Cincinnati, the shame that that was. This blend has been enough to win us our games, okay? So there's no doubt the arrow's pointing up on the offense a little bit, since the bye especially. Now, I know these defenses are not good, but you can only play who you're playing, and Notre Dame needs to improve in that area and build confidence. They're doing it good. Let's roll with it. Let's roll with it. The offensive line is calmed down, settled in a bit. The quarterback rotation is a bit more clear, and athletes are making plays. That being said, even in the win, the offense had a huge part in it. I still have a couple questions, okay? Still have a couple questions. Number one, the first couple offensive drives had both penalties and timeouts taken at home in the first quarter. My questions are simple. I have two. How and why? How and why? I don't get it. I don't get it. You're at home. You're at home. And you have motion penalties and blow two timeouts in the first quarter on offense. Why is this happening? How? It makes no logical sense, and it makes you look incompetent. It drives me insane. I don't get it. I don't like it, and I hate it. 
So I guess that was more of a statement than a question. Number two, we've been down this path 86 times this year. I get the quarterback rotation. I understand why the staff's approaching it the way they are. I get it. Philosophically, I get it. I don't love it, but I get it. Sometimes, though, they're getting too cute. Getting too cute. I would much rather give whatever quarterback it is a full drive or a couple drives, couple series, build some momentum, build some rhythm, keep it going. What I don't like it's the single play rotations in the middle of the field for no reason. I, I just don't get it. I don't like it. I don't get it. I think it kills rhythm. It just changes the flow. That strikes me as a little too cute. And I, I get they're going to do it to some extent. But it, it, it's not way overboard. But it's a little too cute for me that it's irritating. Okay, I'd rather see some full series for both quarterbacks to try and maintain some rhythm. Okay, here's what else I do. I'm waiting for this all year. Run something with both quarterbacks out there on a little bit of trickeration, even if it's a decoy dummy situation. Have them both out there some way, somehow. Just to make another team realize there's two quarterbacks out there, what's Notre Dame going to do? Whether you use them or not, or it's a dummy thing or not, I don't know. I'm just saying maybe one time this year, do something like that. I don't know. It's just an idea. Get in, get in the other team's head. So it's a bit too cute for me at the moment with this rotation deal. But I guess if you're going to keep winning, I can't complain too much. But we already blew the game where this all mattered the most. So I'm frustrated. But as long as you're going to win the rest of your games, I guess I can't be furious. But it still irritates me. Okay? A little bit. The more Buckner, the better. That is my general philosophy. It is not a knock on Cone. It is simply a developmental Look at it, and there is no future in Cone, no development, no nothing. That is all related to Buckner. For that reason, I'm all for more Buckner. And by the way, I don't think at this point I need to sacrifice wins to do it. I think you could play Buckner more and we'll still win games, okay? So here's the third thing. We are not... Good in the red zone. Failed to score two times, knocking on the goal line's door. Really frustrating, really annoying. It's a work in progress. Maybe that's a scenario where you're better off with Buckner because he can run or pass the way Ian Book did so much. I don't know, but moving it down to the red zone, not getting seven, you can't live that way. And we're doing it too much. Overall, though, the offense, not the defense, won this ballgame in many ways, and I am not used to saying it. That is a good sign and a bad sign at the exact same time. 
it's good because the offense is getting better. The arrow's pointing up. There's more continuity. Young guys are contributing. The line isn't a total disgrace anymore. Beautiful. But it's bad because the defense is getting worse. My second biggest knock on the Brian Kelly era at Notre Dame. The number one knock is being an offensive quarterback guru and not having an elite guy at Notre Dame for a dozen years. That is the number one biggest knock disappointment I have for Brian Kelly. Offensive guru, Tony Pike, Zach Kalaros, we're going to be fast, running oh, elite quarterback. No, still waiting a dozen years later. The failure to recruit and or develop a truly elite quarterback is my biggest knock on Kelly. Number two is he's never been able, even in the good Brian Kelly Notre Dame years, he has never been able to have all phases of the team riding high at the same time. <clears throat> There is always one thing holding us back. The defense is really good. The offense can't do anything against a good team. We've seen that dynamic way too much. There was a couple years, 15 comes to mind, where you had a decent offense and the defense let you down. Kelly has been unable to get all the phases of his ball club all good enough to win the biggest games we play in any given year. That drives me insane. Not, they all just can't be good at the same time. There's always something holding us back. And I hate it. Now I feel like the offense is getting a little better and the defense is dragging. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay? So, overall... I just want more youth. I'm at that point to where I think they could play well enough. You could get younger guys experience and not sacrifice wins to do it. So give me more Buckner. Give me more digs. Give me more styles. Give me more alt. I want to see that. Defense. Give me the Collie offense. Give me put Colsey out there. Give me these young guys. I believe you can win while getting them experience. I want to see more of it. All right. Time to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. Don't do me like this, man. Don't do me like this. Especially since the bye. I have been largely unimpressed with the defense. Even against USC. Yes, the point total was good, but my eyes in that stadium saw issues I didn't like all night. Versus North Carolina, the point totals were bad, and my eyes also told me we were bad. I don't get it, and I'm throwing this out there right away. I 100% refuse. I absolutely refuse to let Hamilton being out be a catch-all blame game excuse for all the defense's issues. That's bull crap. It's a lame, loserish excuse. Yes, it matters. Yes, he's an All-American. Yes, he's amazing. We all know that. 
but not to the point where it excuses complete lapses in assignment, discipline, basic fundamental football, knowing the coverage, or God forbid, effort. No. So I reject that. And if anybody tells you, oh, it's just because Hamilton's out, nobody else knows how to play defense all of a sudden. It's bull. No. Don't let anybody use that excuse. Everybody knows what a big deal he is, but the whole thing can't fall, fall apart because he's not there. Garbage. Here's the other thing. Pissing me off. Priority one in the pregame show, as I said, stop Howell from running. Mission failed all night. We got punked and played by him just like Desmond Ritter. 91 yards allowed to Sam Howell. Looking at it, felt like 491. Somebody need to knock his head off. Wrap up. How can you be this bad at your number one priority for the whole damn week? That means either two things. One is they didn't make it a priority all week in the preparations. That's its own problem. Or number two, they did it and we don't have the guys that are good enough or smart enough to execute it. I don't know which it is, but I hate both. All week I said, oh, the number one, don't let Howell run around on you. Somebody put a helmet in his neck. Nobody did all night. Sick of it. Looking at him spinning and running in circles and our guys get pressure and go behind him and then he runs garbage garbage i have no patience for it priority number two don't let them get chunk plays on you and get hot the way they move the ball and score they do nothing 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 get hot that's their mo that's what we do that's what they do what did we do we just, we, we gave up the chunks. We gave up the big plays. 53 yards right out of the halftime. Where's your adjustments? We did adjust to getting worse. That was your defensive adjustment. You let Howell dance around and clown you. Gave up 53 yards right out of that, right out of the half. I just don't get it. Passes of 33, 41, runs of 53, and worst of all, the Howell run of 31 where Notre Dame's defense didn't even look interested in playing football. I have no patience. None. I have no patience for any of this. None. None. How can you be this bad at your top two priorities for the whole week? It makes no sense. Okay, blown coverages, I don't get it. You cannot tell me. Just because Hamilton's not there, no one knows how to play basic assignment football. No, I refuse to accept it. Garbage. No. Here's the other thing. Guess what, guys? Kyle's not going to be around next year. He's going to be in the NFL. So then what? Kyle's still going to be out. Is it okay to get burned 24-7 every game next year because Kyle's still gone? Get serious. 
for a guy with as much hype to him from people like me. I need Marcus to be better at his job. A lot better. Okay? You got to do more than recruit. Jeez. We did have a few sacks, seven tackles for loss. I get it, but I need adjustments. I need consistency. This defense is playing loose, and I hate it. I don't like it. 341 passing yards given up, 213 rushing yards given up. You got to be shitting me. Is this the Big 12? Unacceptable. This is not the Notre Dame defense. No excuses. You have to be better than this. I don't care who's out. You cannot fail at your main objectives like this. You've been working on all week, and we did it repeatedly. Something's wrong. Passes, 33, 41 runs, 53 yards right out of the half. Oh, let's see what adjustments we make. Give up a big gas run. Yeah, that's just what I had in mind. Give me a break. And that third, that run by Howell, that touchdown, I, you guys, I don't know what to say. It just looked like no one wanted to try. It seriously looked like no Notre Dame player wanted to make an effort and they were fine letting this guy clown you at your place. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I hate it. Bad tackling again. Bad angles again. No gap integrity. No, no assignment awareness. Almost most of the night. It's game eight. You don't get to use Hamilton being out as an excuse. It's bad football. Brian Kelly was furious at Marcus Freeman, and he was yelling at him on the sideline, as he should. I need you to deliver on the field now, not just in future recruiting. I love you, but don't put me in this position. Here's the other thing you got to think about. I know they're bad even for them. But Navy is not the game to go into when you're experiencing bad tackling, bad angles, lack of being assignment found, and knowing where your job's supposed to be. Not a good game if those are your problems on defense. And they are. So we'll get into that game later in a different show. But that ain't the game you want to go into when you have the problems we have on defense right now. So... I don't know, but it makes me want to throw up when I just hear it's all Hamilton and I'm just supposed to accept this garbage just because Hamilton's out. No, no, I can't. Something ain't right. Get it tight. Special teams. Door, three for three field goals. You can't do any better than perfect. Kyron, great punt return effort. So... On that behalf, I'm going to give special teams some credit. Here's the deal, folks. We won. We're back in the top 10. That is great. But the inability for Notre Dame under Brian Kelly to ever click on all phases at the same time at an elite level is the reason I have no hair after a dozen years. 
it just wears on me. It's always something that isn't good enough, and it drives me insane. All this being said, there is no reason this team, even with their struggles and as much as they stress me out, they should go 11-1, no doubt. So for a transitional year with injuries, instability at so many positions, quarterback questions, offensive line problems, linebacker injuries, whatever it is, whatever it is, if you're telling me it's a transitional in-between year, Notre Dame could go 11-1 and God forbid maybe win a major bowl game and get a New Year's Six and get that monkey off our back. If that's your transitional year, it's hard to be that mad about it. So, I don't know. This was a weird game because the formula for us winning wasn't what we're used to. And that makes me a little little nervous. So, we're going to break down the Navy game in a couple days and go over what I'm looking for out of that. It is an interesting game plan Whenever you play Navy, and we'll get into it. Have a good night.